What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast on the planet. That's right. This is Food Sex Politics. With you, as always, your host, the beautiful, the brilliant, the badass Nicole Rodriguez. And joining her, as always, it's me. It's me. It's the D-A-B-E, your six-foot-two glass of cold brew, your food porn unicorn, your Ayatollah of Gorgonzola, back with another episode. Nicole, it's been forever since we've had a guest. What do we got? Oh, my goodness. You know... I like to bring the very best, not only of my profession, but the very best of a very special geographic region. And we know, this. all I do is spoil you, Dave, and we know that that is the great state of Florida. And it happens to be home, I think, to like the biggest names in nutrition, specifically sports nutrition. So this evening, I could not be any prouder or more excited we have none other than mystic mr eric bustillo with us tonight registered dietitian trainer extraordinaire co-vice president of the issn dave you might remember we had dr jose antonio on uh, from issn a few shows previous and moreover it's national nutrition month and everyone knows this is food sex politics not necessarily nutrition sex politics doesn't flow as well so what we do is we get the big swing and dicks in the industry as well the biggest <laughs> the, the the biggest with the most swing and That's right. without further ado eric welcome to the show so psyched to have you welcome on to the show welcome <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. That was uh, quite quite the introduction. I, uh, I was I was cracking up the whole time. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, do things maybe maybe a little different around here. So, so Eric, a lot of people probably already know you on social media, but if you can tell us a little bit about your overall nutrition and fitness philosophy. I know I would love to hear that in a nutshell. For sure. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know about a lot of people knowing me on uh, social media, but um, as far as my philosophy goes, uh, <clears throat> I like to focus. Um, if, if it's working with one individual, I think it's important to consider that individual, right? So a very individualistic approach. Um, I think that's always important to remember, but being able to kind of marry that with what the science shows Um, because everything that like could work for one person isn't going to work for every person. And everything that science has shown thus far, isn't going to work for every person also. So how can we kind of like mix both of that together? Um, So a very scientific evidence-based type of approach with a very practical uh, perhaps even like just a, a pragmatic approach to being able to help people achieve certain goals. Uh, so for me, it is much about the the evidence base, but um, just kind of being uh, throwing a little bit of like uh, optimism into the mix, uh, throwing a little bit of uh, consistency and focusing on lifestyle habit changes, not quick fixes. Uh, I think it's important to be able to, merge all of those things together uh, and and kind of begin to do away with what a lot of people uh, grew up around, which is just like uh, diet mentality. And you only exercise or work out to lose weight 
No, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than those very restrictive things. It's about feeling good uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good, whatever your definition of good is. Make sure it's your definition, not society's. Um, and also, what are we doing as far as nutrition is concerned? You know, so being able to um, have a healthy relationship with food and understanding that the science does show that it's okay to eat carbs. So, you know, if you're Latino like I am, it's okay to enjoy your rice. Like it's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, being able to throw all of this stuff together. So it's, you know, I don't know if any of that even made sense, but that's, that's how I like to, to kind of do things. It makes a lot of sense. And when I say that you're well-known on social media, you mentioned peppering in optimism. And I think that's what people really know you for is being a, a voice of optimism and positivity, but not in a shove it down your throat, annoying sort of way in a really, uh, in a really authentic way. And I think that's, uh, I, I think that goes a long way for a lot of people in being inspiring and such. So you. you're down in Miami. Yeah. That's uh 305 till I die. Made a day. <laughs> 305. Dave, have, <laughs> Dave, have you been to Miami? Because I want to dig into a little bit of that culture here. The last time I was actually in Miami, I was in my teens. Uh, when I used to go visit my dad in Florida, we went to like a Dolphins mini camp one time. So oh, that was about my extent of Miami. <laughs> go happy, Dolphins. Happy, <laughs> happy memories. That's, you sound so, yeah, so enthused, Dave. Well, I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, so that was like... Right, a, there's that. It was, like the high, it was like the peak of the Dolphins. This is like Dan Marino and all that, so that was pretty cool. Nice. Those were big days, big days. So, Eric, I, need, I, I need to know real quick, Nicole, how are you doing today knowing that you only have the second best hair on the pod? <laughs> so, all right, so let's, so let's backtrack... A little bit, you know. Eric's Eric's very humble, as you could as you can probably see. But like, I'll I'll like repost Eric's stuff once in a while in my stories, and then like people go creep back on his page. So he's like, "Oh my god, who is this? He looks like Jesus!" And oh my god, every everyone goes nuts. Everyone goes nuts. Oh, everyone goes nuts over him. Not just for his content, but for him. And yeah, the hair is like. I should, I, I feel like I should put a bag over my head right now. I was like, let's put cameras on tonight. I'm like, oh, I got to look at Eric's hair and feel bad about myself. <laughs> and how do you, how do you feel, Dave? I mean, I'm just going to like edit myself completely out of this. I'm just like the gargoyle in the corner that's like, ah, you pretty I think I, I think there's an annotate function and we could like put some curls on you tonight. I think that might be where I it's either at. need that or I need to be like pixeled or something. It's just <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Uh, guys, listen, more than one thing can be true here. We can all embrace the nice hair that we have see this is what i'm talking about with eric always this is his real talk so so eric you're you're in miami and you're you're native to miami right like born bred raised yeah born and raised in the county of dade love it so those who don't know it's miami dade county so that's right let's get technical it's miami i need to see i need to see eric throw up the you i need to see eric throw up the you Oh man, you see, there's I got a little problem with that. Oh no! Yeah, so I I grew up uh, 
liking and respecting the U uh, as a football fan, but I didn't go to the U for school. Um, I actually went to FIU, Florida International University. Mm. Uh, so they have a bachelor's in dietetics and nutrition program there. And like Nicole mentioned, I'm, I'm, I just recently uh, finished my master's in applied exercise science and sport nutrition. Um, yes. and I, I, I am a registered yeah. dietitian licensed in the state of Florida and I have my certified sport nutrition certification through ISSN. I'm a certified strength coach through NCSF, uh, and a certified personal trainer as well. But FIU has that dietetics and nutrition program. So I went to FIU. Now, mind you, I never tried to get into UM just to make it clear. I never, I never tried to go to the school. Um, I didn't have these stellar grades and I, I wasn't going to get a, a, what's the word, a scholarship to go over there. And um, let's just say it costs a lot of money to go to UM. Um, and I got an excellent education at, uh, at FIU. So, uh, you know, is, it, is that close to Miami? Like where's proximity? Yeah, wise? Yeah. It's, it's in, it's in Miami. Um, uh, and as far as being close to like university of Miami, I'd say maybe it's uh, maybe like six ish miles away from university of Miami. Oh, wow. So you're right. Uh, you're, you're still there. You're still. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. FIU is like, it's the biggest school in Miami, like uh, size wise um, from a population standpoint, FIU has, I don't know, let's just say just to make up numbers to compare 50,000 students where UM might have like 25,000 or something, you know, something along those lines. Got um, it, but there's still all the overlap. You're still hanging out with the Miami girls. It, there's probably tons of crossover. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure there is, without a doubt. In, in Miami, you have you have a lot of that. You have people that definitely, I'll, I'll do it for you, definitely throw up to you. <laughs> and uh, they And don't get me wrong, I'll go for UM, but if it's FIU versus UM, you better believe I'm going for FIU. There it is. <laughs> yeah, home of the Panthers. That's, ooh. <laughs> So, uh, so Eric, you work in Miami and we originally kind of had the idea to have you on the show because you talk a lot about and you are really an advocate for a healthy body image for women. Is that fair to say? I, I would say. And I would say for men, too. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I'll post is in favor and in support of women, uh, mostly because I know that... Um, percentage wise uh women at least historically they've struggled more with body image and disordered eating patterns and behaviors um and i say historically right at least more light has been shed on that we're starting to see that men also have had like the body dysmorphia and and just disordered eating patterns as well but it's been a much more prevalent thing in in women so and also you know i was actually talking about this uh at uh, dinner today uh, with a couple of friends of mine um how i am 1000 percent a mama's boy um saying love it. <laughs> you know respect love uh, it. and and you know i never really thought about because i was um do you guys know dr abby smith ryan from university of north carolina no oh, i don't know that name okay so abby abby smith ryan she puts out awesome research from university of north carolina chapel hill um, and she does a lot of things uh, as far as women are concerned. Um, and I was visiting her uh, late last year. So maybe November, I went to North Carolina and I was hanging with her in her lab. Awesome lab. Abby's like at the forefront of a lot of exercise science and nutrition research. 
especially as far as like women are concerned too. Um, and she actually asked me this question of Eric, you know, you, you do a lot for, for women and you post about women a lot and you talk about it a lot. Like what has made you such an advocate for women? And my answer to her was my mom, uh, that I, I, I feel like there's not enough data out there on the, my moms of the world, right? Like on just women of the world. Like I, I want to know that there's information being put out that could help my mom. Uh, and it just so happens to be that my mom is a woman. She's from Cuba. And, you know, what can we do for um, other minorities, right? As far as like Hispanic women, black women, Asian women, just women in general are considered a minority, even though number wise are probably a majority because who run the world? Girls. Um, so it's like there's a, um, there's this disparity in the, in the, in the science. So I think about that. I think like, Hey, and, and imagine like just having that, that sympathy, uh, running through my blood where I'm like, man, I, I want to make things better for my mom and people like my mom, which includes women of all colors, shapes, sizes, religion, that just, you know, whatever it might be. Eric, um, not only is that super cool, and I think there's a huge opening for it, but that is easily the best bar pickup line I've ever heard. <laughs> easily. <laughs> Dave's going Dave's to use that one. Learn a thing or two from this conversation. <laughs> you know what? Governor Cuomo should bring up his mom at this point. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit of that would, a little bit of that would go a long way. Now, Eric, I just want to take it back to Miami and let's call it like the body image culture down there. Right. So yeah. I had a conversation um, recently with nutrition by Gabby. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if you follow her. She's a sports dietitian really close to me here in Long Beach, New York. And we had talked about like New York city is crazy because you could be in Manhattan proper and feel like, oh, like I'm short and fat because you're walking amongst literal supermodels. You could be in the Bronx and be like, oh, I need to put on a faha and put a bunch of silicone in my ass. Um, you know, or you could be somewhere, somewhere in the middle. And there's always like a way that you could feel bad about yourself because the body image ideal varies so much. It could be borough to borough or, you know, whatever. But in, in Miami, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the culture of surgery, surgery and probably the past five to 10 years, like that lower body surgery, has there's really an uptake. So I'm curious because we always hear in the anti-diet space, uh, you know, it's not all about being thin. Don't let them talk you into, oh, it's all about thinness. Whereas like... I think like in a lot of places that desired body image is that surgically augmented look. And I think it like comes to life in places like Miami. So how does that translate into the work you do? Um, if you, if you notice that you're, you're uh, also, real quick, and I also add in, isn't that a double-edged sword because we want people to feel good about themselves, which plastic surgery will do. But at the same time, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's at odds with diet, with dieting or diet culture or anything like that, but it also seems like it is on the opposite side. Yeah, it can be pretty tricky because um, we definitely want people to feel good about themselves and what they're doing to get to whatever that feel good about themselves goal looks like. Um, but 
it's it's a part of like kind of changing the narrative a little bit, right? So it's not just like I, I think the goal isn't to look a certain way. The goal is to, and I try to kind of educate uh, patients and clients on this. Like the goal should be, um, what changes can we make to your nutrition? What changes can we make to your your fitness routine? That should be the goal because the the physique side of it is going to be an outcome right? Not particularly the, the goal that we want, because if we make like we've done for years, the goal is going to be lose 10 pounds. Okay. My goal is lose 10 pounds. What happens when you lose those 10 pounds? I mean, did you really change your habits and reprogram that? So now you start going back to whatever you may have been doing before, almost like a snapback effect, so to speak. And then you stay in this loop of, you know, lose X amount of pounds. So let's change the narrative, right? Let's not just talk about what your weight is and like what you're going to look like. I mean, it's okay to have those outcomes in mind. There's nothing wrong with it, right? I think intentional weight loss or intentional like butt building from your workouts, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But what I like to ask people is why? Like what what is the purpose of wanting to look a certain way? Is it because you truly want that? Is it because you've seen it in magazines all your life? Is it because you grew up in Miami and now that's basically everything that you're seeing, you're seeing rented Ferraris and surgical butts kind of thing <clears throat> that can be a, that could be a, you know, there's, there's some, there's more to talk about there. So I think this is actually a really good question, Nicole, because I've worked with worked in the sense that he would send patients to me uh, to work on their nutrition and fitness. Um, but this is a doctor that specializes in what's called abdominal etching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know he it. sent so that surgical procedure gives you abs, like they liposuction abs into your abs, basically into your torso area. Um, so, but he also understands that there's no, uh, like just that procedure, that's not the solution. There has to be some kind of lifestyle adjustment made. Um, so yeah, so I've worked with individuals like that. Um, I will say that a lot of people, at least from what I've seen, and this is, there's no data. I just haven't seen data on this. A lot of people <clears throat> who tend to get these, um, these surgeries, they, a lot of time they don't incorporate the lifestyle changes. So for them, it's like the surgery is the answer and that's it. I just got to look a certain way. The surgery is going to get it to be that way. I don't really got to exercise. I don't really got to eat this way. You know, whatever. No, don't get me wrong. Some people will. Some people will exercise and try to take care of themselves, and you know, still have like the the fake, you know, whatever. Um, now, but, is that uniquely American? Like Americans are so into like you know the the quick answer, right? Not really changing anything, but just getting the quick answer. Is that true for the rest of the world, or is that uniquely American? I, I think I think it's a human thing. I feel like we, and I'm not an expert in this, but at least from working with how many people I've worked with and just having conversations and especially in today's day and age because of this thing, yeah. the phone, um, it's everything is fast, quick, instant gratification, immediate. But I feel like we've been that way maybe, uh, maybe since forever, right? Like maybe we, uh, we want things as fast as we can get it. Like we can kill the animal and we want to eat it. Like whenever we were, not we, but our ancestors or whatever were cavemen or something. Um, But now it's become so common uh, 
post something on social media, how many likes am I getting? How many likes did I get in the first 15 minutes? In real life, that's not important, but we give it this importance and we want that instant gratification. How fast can I get something? Amazon gets it to you in two days, right? You don't even have to go to the store. Two days. Crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that, I mean, but, you know, think about these things, right? The surgery. <clears throat> I mean, who wants to put in work, right? That's why finding something that's enjoyable is great. And that's what I love about the, the fitness like group classes and those sorts of things from the, the CrossFits to the Orange Theories to the whatever other things. Like they, they give the sense of community, which brings people together. And then people start to enjoy it and they actually stick to some type of exercise methodology that they, uh, they have fun doing. But if you tell someone, all right, yeah, you got to do this, this, and that, and you kind of leave them to figure it out on, on themselves and they've never done it before, what's the chance of them, them succeeding? So if we're able to not be so uh, result-focused, right, so result-oriented and be more process-oriented, I think that's huge. Because we're teaching ourselves like, okay, I don't have to worry so much about the scale saying that I lost those 10 pounds, but instead what I can focus on is waking up every morning, going for that 15 minute jog, uh, getting my, my meals prepped if that's how I'm going to go about doing it. So now you're, you're being more process oriented. And then next thing you know, you're doing all these things and voila, you lost the 10 pounds intentionally but without even realizing it yeah i think so much of it is about not only finding like a process of habits but falling in love with that process right so yeah meal meal prepping if you love to meal prep that's going to work if you hate it there's going to be another process but whatever it is obviously like sustainable and something that you could actually genuinely enjoy and, and maybe some of those outcomes come as well. Um, but I think we could definitely say there's, like you said, there's an uptick in that, like, no, I'm going to do it now. I'm just going to spend a few thousand dollars. And so much is just like accessible where before it probably wasn't. And it sounds like you see that in a lot of different forms. For sure. A hundred percent. And Miami, Miami is, is, Filled with that. I, I absolutely love Miami. Um, you know, I think as from a cultural standpoint, we, we tend to be uh, vain in, in as far as like wanting to look a certain way and whatnot. Um, so multiply that by like a hundred and I feel like that's Miami, uh, at least certain parts of it, because Miami is pretty cool in that you also have the folks who are just like very down to earth, don't really care about what kind of car this person is driving or like what they look like. But you have you seen those memes that it's like, you're spending so much time trying to impress people that like you don't even like or whatever. And it's like, you see that so much around you in Miami. Uh, so from a fitness standpoint, um, I think it's cool to see that a lot of that has taken off in Miami where people are really looking to take care of themselves and not so much just like immediately go for the surgery, you know? It's a, it's, it's an interesting, Miami's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely sounds like it. And we love having people from Florida on because there's all those, <laughs> there are all those different, um, different layers. So something else that you, this is how we met is you are the co-vice president of ISSN. Yeah. I don't think you were co-president when 
we met, but had the pleasure of meeting you in person there. Um, so like what has been people like me listening? Can you explain what that is? Yeah. The ISSN? Yes. Yeah. That's the international society of sports nutrition. So it's, uh, an academic society basically, uh, dedicated to promoting, uh, supplement and, uh, sport nutrition science. Uh, so anything that is involves things like, uh, taking certain supplements like uh, creatine for your muscles or for your brain health. Um, and also understanding like, uh, uh, what's like some of the position stands on, uh, body composition. So, uh, recognizing certain steps or different things that you, from a scientific standpoint, how to achieve a particular body composition. So like uh, losing body fat and retaining or maintaining muscle mass or building muscle mass, uh, things like caffeine. Um, I mean, yeah. So just anything that is sports nutrition related, that's what ISSN is about. And it's, I mean, we've been around as an organization. I mean, I've been involved for about a decade now, um, but ISSN existed well before I even knew what it was. So I want to say it's maybe been going around for like 18 years now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's cool because it brings, it brings people together from registered dietitians to personal trainers, to exercise scientists and exercise physiologists, uh, physical therapists. Uh, some of the, the top researchers in the fields of exercise and sports science. You're not uh, just health, just from a dietary standpoint, this is like all encompassing. Everything. Yeah. So it's cool. And it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very welcoming group in that, um, there are a lot of people who just don't take things too seriously in the sense of like, Hey, like, it's okay. If you're a student, you can come in and hang out with professors that are like at the forefront of women's research, for example. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, I've, I've always been a huge supporter of the ISSN. I never even wanted to be the vice president. Like that was never a goal of mine. Um, but I've just been such a, a supporter and ambassador and advocate of it. Um, that now here I am, uh, the co-vice president. And, uh, yeah. So uh, that was how Nicole and I actually met at the ISSN. And Dave, you don't remember Dr. Antonio was on and he gave us both thumbs up for our protein intake and for taking our creatine. That's when I got back on to taking creatine was when he was on. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm going to give this, um, I'm going to give this another go. So, so Eric, does the ISSN fund research or do you guys just kind of like review research? How does that piece work? Yeah, so uh, we have a journal, the, the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition, the JISSN. Um, as far as funding research, not a whole lot of that happens. Um, the ISSN is a, a nonprofit organization. Um, I, I know we've done some grants and stuff in the past. Uh, I remember like so students getting grants. I don't know how much they got from a, a financial backing standpoint. Uh, and maybe it wasn't even financed. Maybe it was like a, one of our sponsors that was able to provide supplements for this student to do research. I really don't know the full details on that. Um, but as far as the journal is concerned, there is like the editorial board and the, the peer reviewers who are looking at research that people are conducting and reviewing the research to ensure that it's high quality research and results 
to then be published uh, in the journal. So I don't know if that answers the question. It does. It does. And like I, I follow um, the ISSN page everywhere. And it seems to me this past year or so that you're, you are featuring a lot of prominent females in the field of exercise physiology and nutrition. Was that like, was that an initiative or is that just like how things shook out at ISSN this year? I think it's just kind of the way that it shook out. I, um, I know I've always had some like pretty cool ideas, but then once I got like that, that hat of, Mm -hmm. uh, vice president, I was like, cool, let me put, let me put things into motion here. We should have a women's health and performance seminar. Let's do that. I brought that up to Dr. Jose Antonio. He thought it was a great idea. And then I took it and ran with it. And, um, I got quite a few speakers for it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that happening. It's October 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. It's going to be a webinar this year um, just because of, you know, travel and, and uh, COVID and all that stuff. So, nice. yeah, but, but we've always had, uh, uh, I mean, one of the co-founders is a very well-known name in the nutrition world, Dr. Sue Kleiner. I mean, she's a registered dietitian, PhD, um, she's been in the game for 40 years now, maybe. And she was one wow. of the co-founders of ISSN. And then we have other amazing individuals that are a part of it that are on the research front, like the Dr. Abby Smith Ryans, the Katie Hirsch, um, Trisha Van Dusseldorf, who's the current president. Um, and then from a member standpoint, you know, people like you, Nicole, that is a registered dietitian. We have a bunch of exercise scientists that are involved uh, as far as uh, being members and attending the conference and, and webinars. Right. Um, just, you know, uh, female personal trainers and strength coaches that like to be involved. And even athletes come. We have people who are involved in water sports, like stand-up paddling, stand up paddling um, uh, combat sports. Uh, like, I mean, just, it's just, it's, it's a well- there's a lot of variety as far as the organization is concerned. And I would say at least 50% is probably women. So I was just kind of like, it only makes sense. Like why, why hasn't, why haven't we had a women's health and performance seminar in the past already? So that's one of the things I'm actually very proud of that. I've had that light bulb to, to be able to make that happen. Um, If anyone was going to do it, it was probably going to be you because that's your, <laughs> that's, that's your thing, but clearly a really strong history of their uh, female co-founder and strong female membership. And just like in my experience, you would think like going to a conference like that, like, Oh my goodness, it's all these like bodybuilder types and like, what's it going to be like? That's a really chill bunch of people. I have to, I have to say, it's not like walking into a gym. It's walking into like a big room of people who take that profession super seriously, but are also really fun. So I think, a, I think a good time overall. Sure. Dave, Dave, I think we have to get into some Miami food stuff. Definitely need to get into the Miami food scene. I'm dying to talk about this. So what, is there anything specific that you want to know? About no, I want, I want to know like your point of view. I don't want to know like the touristy. I want to know 
where do you go? What do you do? What do you order? What do you, what do you get? I mean, I'll, I'll go to just a lot of local spots. Um, uh, I mean, I love my Latin food, right? The Cuban food over there. You give me rice, beans, plantains, um, and like chicken breasts or ground beef or something like that. And I'm, I'm happy. Um, so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just so much variety. Um, you think Miami and you think, oh yeah, Cuban food, but like we have decent pizza places. I'm not going to say it's like as good as New York pizza or anything along those lines, but we have good places. Um, the Latin food for sure. You can have good Peruvian restaurants. Um, there's good sushi places, uh, Lebanese restaurants, Mexican uh, I mean, what, what's like a hidden gem? What's like, what, what's like a quintessential, like Miami food and where's the spot for it? Oh man. Not, not necessarily popular. Just like in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. There's a place called El Rinconcito Latino. So it's like the, Dave, the wait, 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 say that, say that again. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's excited. <laughs> I need to cool off. I don't <laughs> Uh, it's called El Rinconcito Latino. What, is, what does that translate to? It translates to the, the small or like the little Latin corner. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so that there are several of those, uh, but the food is just so good. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the world's healthiest thing. Healthy That's okay, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> for sure. Not for sure. <laughs> and when I say healthiest thing, I mean, it's like, it's not like they're going to, you know, not fry this or not fry that. It's like, it's just a mix. You're going to go, you're going to enjoy it. It's healthy for the brain kind of thing. There it um, is. <laughs> for the mind, I should say. Uh, yeah, that's one of the places. And it's just, it's Latin food. Um, and that's one of the places that I think uh, uh, you can get, you can get some good, some good stuff. There are places that are popular, but I'm just kind of like, I feel like there's too much hype with those places and it's now you have a Cuban background, right? So what are some things that like you grew up eating? I grew up eating a lot of rice and beans. Um, that for sure was like a staple in the, in the household. Now my mom is Cuban and my dad's Colombian. So my dad being Colombian, I had a mix of the, the tostones or the patacones, uh, depends where you're from. And that's basically, wait, no, 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 wait what is that? <laughs> so in, in, in Colombia they'll refer to them as patacón uh, or in Cuba they'll refer to them as tostones um, and that's basically plantain it's like green plantain but then they're uh, like they're, they're smashed and they're fried yeah, and- exactly so they'll make them like, super flat like this and then they'll oh, fry is that, them is that like a, like a mofongo? so mofongo is a little bit more like mashed mm-hmm. um, uh, this one is not so much mashed this is more like you get a plantain and you, you flatten it out and you have it like a little, it's just like this little thing that you can just like a little, I don't even know what to call it. A little disc of goodness. Yeah, basically. Right. Um, Mofongo is, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like mashed plantain ish kind of. So it's not one in the same. And also Mofongo, if you're from Cuba, um, what we would call it there is Fufu. So they're very, they're very similar. Mofongo and Fufu are kind of like the same thing. I never ref- heard it referred to as that. I've only as ever Fufu? heard Mofongo. Yeah. 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 They're very similar. I don't know if they're exactly <coughs> the same thing, but I want to say that Fufu and Mofongo are the uh, same thing, different island. 
Which interesting fact. Do you guys know? Are you familiar with Bacardi? I'm going to assume yes. Of course. You are? Where, where's Bacardi from? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. It's actually from Cuba. No, really? Yep. Those lions, sons of bitches. Wait, wait, wait. So what, wait, so what happened there? What's, what's the story there? So it may have been this like uh, when, as, as you guys know, Cuba's uh, uh, under a dictatorship. Right. Um, when that started happening, 1958, 59, um, I believe Bacardi had their factory um as did it was Bacardi and who else? I think Havana Club. I think they were together. Um and if I'm not mistaken, the story goes that once uh the the bad guys kind of started taking over in the, the revolution. And so, so are we talking like Batista or are we talking Castro? We're talking Castro. Got it. Yeah, yeah, we're talking Castro. Um so when that started happening, I want to say that was when Bacardi started kind of like, hey, we got to go elsewhere. So they started in, in Cuba and they were driving in Cuba doing their thing. And then eventually they went over to, to Puerto Rico. I had I had no idea. Yeah. That's the- but Cuba, Cuba's like ground zero for a ton of like awesome drinks, though, too. You got the mojito. I think the daiquiri is from Cuba, too, right? I'm not sure. Maybe. You also have the, the Cuba Libre. Which is oh, a, a free yeah. Cuba, liberated Cuba, which is basically a rum and coke. Rum and coke. Uh, With a lime though, right? It has to have the lime, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't usually get the lime, but sometimes I might. Um, but yeah, yeah, Cuba's, uh, Cuba's got some, some pretty awesome things, as does Colombia, you know. But, uh, but alcohol was never a big thing for me growing up uh, in, my, in my household. It was more so about the food. And, you know, back to answer your question about having rice and beans was always a staple ground beef um and just food being made with love that was that was like the main ingredient i heard i heard beef and love in there and so you know what that's <laughs> those are those are those are the secrets those are the secrets so eric dave and i have a little lightning round for you cool. are you ready I'm, right. I'm ready so we're gonna dave and i are gonna go back and forth so i want to know what's your favorite lift uh Power cleans or hand cleans. Oh wow! Yeah. Can you can you explain the different? Is there a difference between the two technically? Yes, a power clean is going to go from the ground, so you lift it from the floor. So you're basically deadlifting it up and bringing that bar up onto the top of your chest and shoulders and whatnot. Um, a hand clean, you're actually doing it from your the bar is already up, so you lifted it up and it's going to be uh, just above your knees. Uh, so the power clean is from the floor. The hang clean is from like the hang position just above your knees or so. I like how you said that with no hesitation. That's that's yeah. your thing. I love it. it, it yeah, like for sure. Your body like really hit your exercises too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my definitely my my go to. I uh, from when I played sports in high school. Uh, running track was on the football team also, and then I'll do like I'll do and I'll, I'll coach like CrossFit classes down here in Miami also. Uh, so, yeah. The secrets are beef, love, and power cleans so Eric. far. Okay, Dave, go ahead. All right, last meal, Eric. Your last meal on earth. The electric chair is coming tomorrow. I know you're down there in Florida. <laughs> what are you eating? Pizza. 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 
What's Caesar. what's on it? What's on it? Probably just cheese. Okay. Yeah. Now, from anywhere specific, or what are we talking? Nah, not really. I mean, I'm not picky. I'm the type of dude that I'm like, I'll just about eat any kind of pizza. You give me Papa John's, I'm cool with that. You give me from Leo's Pizza a few blocks down from my house, kind of thing. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm easy. Now, um, now, Eric, being in Florida, I'm not trying to pass judgment, but are, are you eating pizza? <laughs> I just, I got, these are questions I got to, he knows, these are questions I have to ask. Um, are, um, are you eating that with a fork and knife or are you eating it like a normal person? I'm eating it with my hand. Okay, I'm just, thank goodness. <laughs> and, the and the podcast possibly bring that electric chair to Eric this evening <laughs> no, in Arizona. I'm eating it with my hand. Okay, this is, this is. Sometimes I'll fold it. I might fold the pizza too. You know what I'm saying? Like you fold it in half kind of thing. Yes. Yes. That's how, like, did you ever see Saturday Night Fever, the way John Travolta does it? Nah, nah, I never saw that. Oh, now it's time. Now it's I've never seen Grease before. People give me shit all the time. I've never seen Grease. I've never seen the Titanic in its entirety. I've never seen either one of those either in their entirety. Oh, okay. It's okay. Got it. You're you're, you're in good company. I say, no, I am. (laughs) I am who I am. Um, what are you currently listening to? Because I know you are way into your music. Very much so. Um, currently, uh, I listen to a lot of, oh man, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, the Head and the Heart. Um, really cool, chill rock bands. Um, they have a song called Rivers and Roads. If you get a chance to listen to River, Rivers and Roads by The Head and the Heart, that one, it's like, it gives me like good feels and stuff. Um, my girl Taylor Swift, got to give her a shout out. Woo! That's yeah. right. That's right. You love, you love Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lupe Fiasco. I like the new album. Do you like Folklore? Yes. Folklore was the actual album that got me into her. There I you became, go. Yeah. I right. became a Swifty like over, over the, the pandemic, basically. Oh, you're new to this. You're new. Yeah. See, I've been here since like red. <laughs> oh, gotcha. God, no, I'm new. I'm a fan though. Don't get me wrong. Like I consider myself a Swifty for sure. Uh, Wait, we we got to hook you up with um, Lee Miller, the serial killer, on IG. Then we're, we're all going to go to a concert as soon as COVID. <laughs> hey, my, yes. I'm, I'm, I've been saved because my brother plays in a cover band. Nice. Um, and wow. In Florida, everything is like basically open now uh essentially no oh, that's and right. uh, yeah so and my brother's band they've been playing in, the, in quite a few places uh so i get to i miss live music so much so thankfully his band has uh, has saved me in that regard i was like watching youtube concerts like during the pandemic and stuff now will you go to like will you go to any concert or are you just like all about seeing live music or is there like is there an act that you like can't wait to see when they start touring again? Oh, I, I just, I want to see so many shows. Like I I bought tickets uh, for John Legend. I'm supposed to go see him. I've seen John Legend at least 13 times. Wow. Um, I've seen Dave Matthews band at least 13 times as well. Um, I got tickets to also go see uh, who they were touring together. It's Green Day, Fallout Boy and Weezer. They're coming in one concert. Wow. Uh, it's like yeah. Like work tour. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Crazy, crazy. 
Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to so many things. I would love to see Taylor Swift when she comes around. I haven't seen her in concert. The Lumineers in concert would be really awesome. Um, I just miss shows in general, but for sure, there I have my artists that I, I really want to see. I'm not just going to go to like a random show. I'll go to my brother's band and then artists that I like for sure. Got it. Got it. It's coming. It's coming. It is. I, I mean, I got my vaccines. I had COVID and I got my vaccines. At this point, I think I'm like, I think you're okay. I should be fine. All right. So we've heard you on the podcast. We've all checked out the social media. Give us something that we don't know about, Eric. Give us something that you don't really put out there. What's like a hidden gem, a hidden fact? <clears throat> That's a good question. Uh, hmm. Got me thinking now. Something that folks might not know about me. Because uh, you put out Ask Me Anything on Instagram all the time. Yeah. Right? For but sure. there's gotta be there's gotta be something. Most definitely. Um hmm, what's something? That's a... I mean, it's not like I put out my, my entire life out there. I just, I can't really think of anything at the moment. But uh, I guess one thing that I would say is that I, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I don't like put it on blast all the time. I uh, And it's not anything fun. It's just a, an interesting point. But I actually um, uh, grew up with an insecurity of being too slim. You have put that out. I have seen that. Yeah. 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 We have the complete opposite life. <laughs> <laughs> and, look at, and, and look at you and look at you both. Now, now, Eric, do you think that has, um, I'm sure it has like informed you as a practitioner and like informed you as someone who advocates for women's healthy body image. Yeah, it, it definitely has because I, um, it, it it's shown me that people will always have something to say uh, about you, uh, even people who don't know you, um, relating to your, your body image, right? So they'll speak out of place because in reality, it's nobody's, no one's right to really say that, but we're entitled to our own opinions. But when it comes to that, I mean, honestly, nobody gives a shit about your opinion if you're going to talk about somebody's body like that, um, especially in a bad way. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that uh, definitely has affected that in some in some way because I know women have uh, have been under the microscope as far as like body image is concerned for quite a long time. Um, so most definitely, I mean, there's times when I'll be talking with a patient or a client and like they just start crying kind of thing and obviously i i started feeling that just being very empathetic and stuff like you it gets very emotional um so that stuff gets kind of sad so it's like almost like i wish that i could empower people and in this case particularly women to just know that like you know you're not your hair you're not whatever the scale says right. you're not your your pants size or any of that stuff your self-worth doesn't come from your weights or something that someone may have critiqued from a, a physical standpoint. For sure. For sure. We have to ask one more question tonight, Eric. We, we'd be not doing our jobs here on FSP if we didn't. Do you have a favorite or least favorite Floridian politician? <laughs> You're in a oh. safe space here. 
Is Gosh. there a favorite Florida politician? That's what I, that's what I want. That's what I want to know. Because maybe maybe there is, maybe there's not. But we've got a Floridian on the line. We got to know. Tell Andrew Andrew Gillum is it? Was he the mayor of um, Tallahassee? Yeah, he was. He was running for for governor this yeah. uh, that last time. Uh, yeah. But the current governor beat him in that in that race. Shameful. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't think I have a favorite politician. I mean, I, there are quite a few that I'm not particularly fond of. The current governor, I'm not particularly a fan of his. Um, uh, Who did you dislike more, Rick Scott or DeSantis? Man, Rick Scott, I I can't even, I can't respect that guy. Like it's it's crazy, <laughs> and I mean that in the sense of like the guy is still sitting pretty. Uh, what is he now? A, a senator or something? Senator. I don't know. Yeah, state senator. Yeah. So, and he was like, he got popped for Medicare fraud. Sure. Like, that's right. I mean, but I mean, and you know, I don't know, I don't know the, the intricacies and details of all of that stuff, but I don't know. I think maybe not, you know, not to get uh, overly political or perhaps racial here, but I don't know, maybe if, if he were black or brown, would he still be okay? I mean, I don't know. Um, but you know, anyway, I think racism, you can answer that. Was that? Yeah, we can probably answer that. Potentially, right? Uh, right. But racism doesn't exist. So you know, he, <laughs> he, um, he, yeah. That that's one person that I, I, I'm not a fan of. Also, the most recent mayor of Miami Dade County, Carlos Jimenez. I think he's also. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a particular fan of his. Now there's a bunch of rumors that uh, Trump might be primarying Rubio for a state Senate spot. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how, you know, they'll say bad things about each other and then, you know, they say bad things about their families and then they'll come and kiss each other in the mouth uh, afterwards. So Kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, we're going to look forward to all of that unfolding in the next year or so and hopefully you can give us your like on the spot updates there as you see fit eric it has been such a joy to have you tonight can you tell all of our listeners where they can find you on social media or any other web presence for sure i um just at eric e-r-i-k-b-u-s-t-i-l-l-o on instagram twitter um those are really the main the main places to to hang out with me. And we are all there for it. Dave, I will see you next week. Thanks, darling. Eric, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks and for until me. then, check Eric out on IG and happy National Nutrition Month. Good night.